and welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 43 for Wednesday, November 14th, 2018, and boy do we have a treat for our listeners this week. We have none other than 10 times Canadian Rally Champion Antoine Lestage. We've been excited to have him on the show. We've been wanting to do it for a long time. We'll chat about being one of North America's legends alongside John Buffum. And we'll get details on his latest adventures working gravel crew in the WRC, his experience driving a Proto Fiesta in Latvia, and what his plans are for the future. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. off for a couple of weeks and we finally have ian holmes who's uh recovering from uh too much leaf raking and uh i hear you said something about uh wanting to challenge ken block to a model t uh Gymkhana? <laughs> yeah you know i think uh that would be kind of kind of, kind of fun because doesn't like ken block's uh latest jim Car- car video that he's been that he's been publicizing on the internet about he's been publicizing the production of he's has like five 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 different cars in it i think he's got a little truck now yeah, he's got a truck. He's got he's got the cozy back and uh, or a cozy back and uh, yeah. What, why doesn't he uh, do his donuts in a Model T or something like that? You know, we we've got to cover the full development of uh, Ford cars. Why not? Yeah. Can you do a Model T in four wheel drive and like four hundred horsepower? <sighs> you know what? If anybody could, it be Ken Ken Block's Hoonigan Workshop, couldn't it? <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the the Model T is it's safely ensconced in the garage in uh, here on the prairie. So very excited to to have that. You know, it's um, going to spend the winter doing a little bit of work on it. I discovered that the uh, the toe in on the uh, on the front wheel was it should be like a maximum of a, a quarter of an inch, and uh, it's actually about an inch and a half on this car. So no wonder that the uh, Passenger side front wheel is like is like a racing slick. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it definitely would uh, wear a little wrong on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sure, sense. yeah. Oh wow, well that is a cool, cool car, um, a, a legend of a vehicle. And speaking of legends, uh, we're gonna be talking here in just a second with Antoine Lestage. So uh, when we come back, Antoine Lestage, ten-time Canadian Rally Champion. We have with us our special guest this evening that we're so excited to have finally on the show. We've been wanting to have him on for a long time. Antoine Lestage, welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. You're obviously, everybody knows you as the uh, fitness guru extraordinaire. And, oh, I guess you've done a few cool things in a rally car, too. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Of course, most everybody knows your background. I mean, you're 10 times Canadian rally champion. You've got six uh, North American Rally Cups. You've won the uh, 2010 Rally America Championship. Wow, quite the history. You are now a legend. How does it feel to be compared to the likes of John Buffum, who was uh, your team manager once and whatnot, and just be in that legend category? Well, that, that's a bit weird because, uh, to me, it, it's it's pretty nice. It, uh, it's an honor to have people call me like that. But um, to me... Um, you know, I don't feel like I'm 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 done yet. And for me, legends are more when when you're you're retired or something like that. But anyway, yeah, I have I do have, when I look back, I do have a, 
quite a, a decent record and uh but I would not put myself in the same category as guys as, as John Buffum. You know, John is uh he was more than my manager, he's my friend. He was, he, was, uh, he played a big role in my career and uh, yeah, him we can call him a legend for sure. When we talk to uh guests on the show we talk about how they how they got interested in in motorsport and a lot of people have said that they watched rally on tv but it sounds like you had a much different uh, introduction to the sport and that y- your father was uh, was uh, was was, a, was he a rally driver but he was in in motorsport wasn't he what was that like yeah correct uh, that's how that's how uh... I got uh, presented to rally. Let's say um, I was always, you know, at home we were <clears throat> normal kids and here in Quebec and playing hockey and doing a lot of sports. But my dad, when when I was really young, was was a rally driver and he did a bunch of good rallies. He he was he he participated in the what used to be the WRC round here in Quebec, Ontario du Quebec in the in the late seventies. And the, so I was very I was a young kid. I couldn't I could not even remember. <clears throat> the first rally I, rallies I went to. And then after that, he stopped for a while because he had a family, you know, and, and uh, focusing uh, on us, maybe putting his uh, his hobby aside a little bit. And, uh, and and then he started rallying again when I was uh, around 12 or 13. And that's where I, I got really passionate about rallying when I was a teenager and started to go to rallies with him and, uh, and got involved with uh, helping us services and things like that and got to discover the sport you know from the inside so and very quickly uh, I just became passionate about it and started to to watch videos and and read magazines and and uh, wanted to go to all the rallies and uh, at some point for me it was it was a no-brainer when as soon as I could drive I would I would start rallying and uh, that's what happened when I had my my driving lap driving license uh, and my first car, me and my brother we would go out when there was a snowstorm and we would go play with the cars and it was always about rallying and nothing else and we would pretend we were in a in a stage in monte carlo at night and you know just drifting <laughs> awesome. the car in in the, in the little village where we used to live and uh, my dad showed me right away like left foot braking and things like that as soon as i started driving and uh from there, I went. I went to um, build my first uh, small car, you know, which was a, a Toyota Corolla rear-wheel drive. And we were not a rich family, so we did that all together. My dad helped a little bit, and it was my daily driver for a while. And started to do some small rallies, regional rallies, and it went well. And then, like like a lot of people that are passionate about rally, I did like like a lot of us do, you know. I, Everything was going towards rally, and uh, every penny we earned would, would go into rallying. And uh, slowly climbed up the ladder and had good results uh, at my first year in, in a four-wheel drive production car. And then sold the car and slowly got sponsorships. And here we are. So that's something I'm proud of because I I climb up the ladder. Let's say starting from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was gonna say I was I was kind of curious what uh, what kind of cars did your dad drive? Oh, back in the day, he drove like uh, Volvos and he had Datsun 240s and things like that. But when the, the last cars he had were like, you remember the Mazda 323 GTX? Like yes, the, sir. We when, have a couple out four, here in the Northwest. When, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I did the first rally sprint I did, let's say, um, I was very lucky then, you know, because my dad let me 
drove his car. And my brother was only 15, but we got a special permission for him to co-drive for me, even though he didn't have his driving license. And uh, we did a little rally sprint on snow here, and we finished second behind a 30-year-old guy that, that was also driving a, a 323 GTX. So very early, I got good results. And so, but it was only a one-time thing. He let me drove his car. And after that, I was on my own with my little Corolla. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so he ended up his career driving um that car and then an eagle talon also and 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 the last few cars he drove were were subaru so um he, he did rallies quite a long when he did his last few rallies um i was rallying and my brother was also rallying so we did enter some some rallies the three of us um there's actually a, a national event here in canada i think personage one year where the three of us were in the in the top 10 so, um, oh, wow. yeah, mm. we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're a rally family. Uh, my dad won the, the Novus <clears throat> championship here in Canada one year. I won it later and my brother also won it a few years after me. So there's, there's a few things we've done as, as a family here in Canada that are pretty cool. Oh gosh. Oh, that Lestage family winning again. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, unfortunately my, my dad is not with us anymore. He, he, um, he died two years ago, um, got just attacked by a very severe cancer. And uh, within a few months, uh, it went from just having a normal life to, to leaving us. So, um, But yeah, we used to have uh, lots of uh, rally discussions around family dinners. And uh, yeah, it's a tradition in our, in our family. And my sister also co-drove for a long time. She's a lawyer now. But uh, she co-drove for a bunch of drivers here in, in Quebec and Canada, so we've all been involved uh, with rallying. Uh-huh. That that is that is awesome. That, that yeah, <laughs> love it when the whole family gets involved. And uh, yeah. you know, hey, you know, maybe uh, your your kids when they're done with hockey, <laughs> they'll uh, start uh, taking the torch uh, into rallying, right? Yeah, we'll see. For now, they don't seem to be very interested in it. To be honest, I think they they enjoy it, but I don't know. Maybe they're just. Um, I don't know if they're intimated, intimidated about it or about what I've achieved or something like that, but they seem to do their own things for now. And uh, I've never pushed them into it. And uh, they, they, they'll they develop their own passions. And uh, if they want to try it, for sure, I'll be there to support them. But if they do their own thing, I'll also support them in, in whatever they do. Yeah, so so clearly, earlier in your career, you, you had family competition and the support from your, from your father and now you've got to to this stage with all your titles is what motivates you what motivates you now to uh, to to carry on yeah that's a good question sometimes uh, people ask me <clears throat> why do you keep doing this are you going to go to europe or something like that but as as we all know it's not that simple to find the backing to go to europe so i've always been let's say attached to North America because the sponsors I had were always their interests were in North America so I stayed in North America and some people say why you keep doing this you've won the Canadian championship 10 times you've won all these rallies I don't know six seven eight nine times but I'm passionate about the sport and I'm passionate about the driving and even though and I like the people you know even though these rallies I've done many times and I always like when, when the organizers switch them a little bit or find new roads or 
run the rallies in different directions. So there's always a challenge. There's never an easy rally. And I, and I just like to be in a rally car and driving fast. And it's just a, a world that I'm really happy with, comfortable with. It's, it's my passion. It's my life. So, I mean, it, it doesn't take much and I'm always ready to go a rally. Like, and I think like everybody that is really passionate about that sport and has done it quite enough, uh, we'll find uh, we'll find a way to always uh, be interested and wanted to keep going. Well, as long as I've known you, uh, it, you know, since I started becoming involved in the sport um, and becoming a volunteer and all that stuff, and seeing you compete out west um, here in the states, I've always known to you being that privateer for the most part, just always on the cusp of getting that factory seat. Then it kind of finally happened with Subaru of Canada, and and I, I think a, a while back you also had uh, another factory drive, right? Was was Hyundai a, a factory car, or is that still a, a kind of semi privateer? Yeah, it was a private effort. Uh, I, I was I had some backing from Hyundai here in Canada, and I also had some backing from Mitsubishi. But these these programs were private efforts. Um, the Hyundai was, was something we put together with John, you know, when he, when he still had the Hyundai cars after the, the USA program with Hyundai, uh, had ended up. And after that with Mitsubishi, it was my car, you know, we built it, we had to find sponsors, but we had a little bit of money from Mitsubishi also, but it was never a factory drive. It was ne- never a factory ride. If I was, uh, whatever was breaking, we had to, to figure out a budget to make it happen. And, uh, but. So it took a long time before I got a proper factory drive, but still, I think I was fortunate enough to have good sponsorship and I was able to do what I did for many years. I was competing on both the Canadian and the U.S. championships, doing 12, 13, 14 rallies a year. Um, And luckily, I was not going off too often, even though I did go off (laughs) pretty badly in in Oregon. 2013. yeah, but luckily in my career, I, I didn't have too many off, so I was able to run a pretty good, pretty good run as a privateer with uh, with limited resources. But uh, yeah, and then it came in, at the end of 2014 after a, a perfect season where we won all the rallies here in Canada. We we got the call and uh, drove for Subaru for since then. So it was uh, yeah, it was really cool. What was it like, uh, you know, finally getting that factory deal and not having to manage the team aspect and, and, and fixing the car yourself so much and all that and just kind of letting, you know, another crew kind of work on it? You could essentially kind of arrive and drive, right? Just focus on the recce and the driving and, and the setup. The last few years when I was running my own team with, with John and uh, with, with Evo 10, it was a little bit like that uh, in terms of John would take care of preparing the car and, and I would show up and the car would be ready, but I was involved in getting the sponsorship and always talking to sponsors and I was involved in everything basically. So it was a lot of work still. Um, so when, when the drive came with Subaru, it was a totally different thing, you know, uh, just to focus on, on the driving and, and do some more testing and, and just arrive and, and do the rallies. It was a, it was very nice, but it was also um, it brings another dimension when you represent a manufacturer like that. You know, you have to uh, you have to deliver results. Um, some people at the shop, their job depends on on whether you perform or not. So it, it it brings a different 
um, pressure to, to the job and it's a, uh, it's a different aspect, but I, I really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. The, the, the three years we did with, uh, with Subaru Canada and Rocket Rally. Actually, I was going to throw in one other thing, cause we've got, uh, actually a question came in from, uh, one of our strong followers, one of, one of my good friends, uh, Mike Cleaver, you might know him, um, from yeah, yeah. over there in British Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. He says, hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. He, he says that, you know, you're, you're known as one of the most successful privateer, uh, drivers of, in North America. Um, what did you do that others didn't? And is there anything you wish you had maybe done differently? Well, one thing I did is I, I never gave up in terms of, um, chasing sponsorship. Um, sometimes people think it might have been easy, but it was, if, if we go back to the discussion we were having a little bit earlier, you know, I had a little two wheel drive car and then I had a couple of good results with the car. And then I, I said, I need to move to the next level. So I was able to sold the car for a decent price. And then I bought a four wheel drive Eagle talent that we basically built ourselves in one of my friend's garage, Yannick, who used to be my co-driver back then. So it was just putting a lot of effort and at the same time, knocking on doors, knocking on doors, knocking on doors, asking money, presenting uh, different options to, to local companies. And I was always able to get a little bit of sponsorship there and there. And at some point in 2014, I presented something to Yokohama and, and they accepted. So I got Yokohama as a sponsor. And once you, once you get, let's say a big company, um, it seems like it got maybe a little bit easier to get other bigger companies mm-hmm. to get on board. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, all, but also, but also, I was in a in a in a good period of my career where I was delivering. So I was chasing sponsors, telling them, you know, you won't be regretting it. And, you know, we'll be we'll be performing. You'll get exposure on TV. We'll win rallies, and and I was delivering. So, but still, it was a constant, constant. It's a 24-hour job almost, you know, and and doing my day job and doing phone calls during my day job and coming back at home and working on stuff until late at night to to prepare proposals and sending proposals and calling people. So that's what I did, and I was always careful with the marketing aspect and the way we presented the team and doing press releases, doing as much as we could for our sponsors to keep them happy. And and maybe I was a bit lucky also, you know, I, like I said, I was fortunate to get good sponsors and, uh, but for sure it was, uh, it was a lot of work and, uh, never giving up because there was a lot more no's than yes. So, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if it answered the question. <laughs> Uh, well, I think the only other bit was he, was he was wondering if there was anything that you would have done differently, I guess, during that uh, process of, as a privateer. It, it seems like it's been pretty successful to me, though. So I don't know if there is anything you can do. Yeah, uh, no, honestly, win the lottery. I have. Yeah, maybe <laughs> win the lottery, but I don't think I don't think I would do anything different. You know, uh, and like I said, I was I was fortunate to work with with John Buffum, and you know, it's a question of timing. Also, at some point, I bought it. Uh, in 2002, I bought a, an old Hyundai Elantra that had been built by, by Libra Racing, but I bought it from another guy. But at some point, I needed some help. And for me, John Buffin was an idol. You know, I would go to rallies with my dad in, in the 80s, and, and John would show up with his Group B Quattro. And for me, it was it was like God. And, wow. and then at some point, I need I needed to call him, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to call John Buffin, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to go visit, it to his, visit him to his shop, which which is only like 
an hour and 15 minutes from where I live. And then he, he accepted to help me and, and take some time and go over the car. And, and I don't know, maybe he saw some potential in me. I was a young guy that was very determined and he started to help me and work with me. And, and he never really helped me in terms of driving tips. It was more about the strategy around, around the races and the, uh, at, at beginning with Mercury with with the setups and tire decisions and things like that, and uh, and like I said, he played a big role because he he helped me after get into a better car and so and it, and it was I think it was a good relationship also because it was helping him keep running his his Libra racing business and he was happy to go to the rallies. You know, he's also like he's seventy five and he's still super passionate about about rallies. So it was. It was also good for him. It was a good partnership. So, no, I, I enjoyed every minute of it, and uh, I don't think I would change anything. So, um, what were your feelings then? Yeah, after 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 Subaru Canada announced their their cutback of of the factory team, because you've uh, yeah for three four years you had all this great support, and then uh, I'm not, I don't want to say it was like the the rug was pulled out from under your feet, but. Uh, it was. It's got. It's. It's like you were. Were you? Did you feel like you were going back to the old days of chasing up, you know, chasing up sponsors yourself again? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it. It was a. It. Like I don't know how you said it. The rug was was pulled under my feet. It was actually. Uh, it was a big deception because um, a big disappointment. Sorry, it was at the end of 2017, and we. We were told only like super late after the last rally of the season. It's not something I saw coming, you know. Um, every year it was always uh, a little bit late, the decision to keep going. It's normal in motorsport, but Subaru has been involved in rallying for so long that I just thought, you know, it's going to keep going. And, and I think everybody thought it would keep going, but but they decided to, to stop the team. So, yeah, <clears throat> big disappointment. And it, it put it me... And everybody, you know, just not me. If you think of Rocket Rally and Pat Richard, his business, it, it put him in a, in a tough situation. Although he's, he's bouncing back and he has customers and things are, are still running quite well in BC with, with Rocket Rally. But for me, I had sold everything when I when I signed with Subaru. So I no longer have a, I no longer have a car, trucks, uh, trailer, uh, parts, anything. So that's what made this year very hard so um we tried to make an make a deal with subaru canada to use the car and 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 we're still working on this with rocket rally to to find a way um to be out there next year and uh, and so yeah it was a bit of a difficult season and yes it's back to uh chasing sponsorships a little bit and things like that but um as we know it's not easy um, so we did we did the Rocky Mountain Rally this year. We had a good run. We won the rally. Then I had the, the opportunity to go to the Trois Rivières Grand Prix and do the uh, rally cross section in a side by side with Bombardier. Uh, so that was a very nice experience where I won also. And then in October I got a, another great opportunity to go do a rally in Europe in in Latvia and try something different and. Um, that was also great. So, so I was still active this year, not as much as I was hoping, and uh, still working on stuff for 2019. So we'll see what happens. Well, I guess that's kind of one of the things I was wondering is no longer being locked under a manufacturer banner. I know that's something that kind of David Higgins kind of been under, right? Uh, it, it, it's, you know, 
driving a Ford or something that looks like a Ford, maybe if the underpinnings are different, you probably aren't able to do that so much before. But now you kind of, is there more opportunities now that you're not locked into a single manufacturer as far as that you can at least suss out? Oh yeah. For sure. Now, technically there, there is more opportunities, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody knows, but let's tell the world now we, I am available. I can drive anything, you know, I would like, I would like to keep the relationship with Subaru because it's been a very good relationship. And, uh, but, uh, if, if nothing can be done with Subaru, I'm open to anything. So yeah, in a way it, it opens opportunities, but, um, at the moment, you know, nothing came, came to the table, uh, for me to, to go in a different different direction so um yeah well we've also uh noticed that you got to do some other uh different things we saw you posting that you're out at some wrc events doing a gravel crew was it yeah yeah correct um that came also you know craig parry who uh craig parry a good friend of mine that that is from wales uh co-drove for me in 2013 here in canada and, and we stayed in touch and we became friends and uh he came back to co-drive for me once in uh, ojibwe in 2015 when we went down with the subaru and uh <clears throat> always stayed in touch and he was uh, he was co-driving for gus greensmith with m sport in the wrc2 and he gave me a call uh, in December last year, not too not too long after the the Subaru program stopped, and uh, asking me if I would be interested and available to do some uh, some work with them, and if I wanted to go to Monte Carlo. So obviously, uh, with what happened and me being a little bit more free with less rally on, rallies on the program, I accepted. So I did some work with them this year, and uh, looks like it's going to keep going in 2019. Although I don't know exactly what the program is at the moment, I only know about Monte Carlo. So yeah, that's a pretty cool experience. Uh, of course, it's always nicer when you do the rally, but uh, it's very nice to be involved at that level and uh, working with with such a professional team and uh, play uh, play with the big boys in the big league and uh, get get to see what's happening out there. And it's uh, and like I said, I'm passionate about rally, so if I can still be out there at some rallies and i'm i'm really happy with that well it must have been pretty cool uh flashback to when you were a kid acting like you're at monte carlo and then there you are <laughs> actually working gravel yeah. crew on i mean th- those famous roads i mean going up cool to torini i mean how did that feel oh that was absolutely unbelievable so yeah yeah it, it was it was very special and you had to drive these roads and the the atmosphere over there and the, the passion from the public and everything is it's very special. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool, and I look forward to go back. So so um, while we're on the subject of Monte Carlo, I was well, I was watching an old interview just the other day, and uh, you were reading about the minis that won Monte Carlo back in back in that day, back in the day and uh, you you kind of like wished that you were there driving those older rally cars i mean it seems it seems like it's all in with the passion for the sport have you have you ever have you ever had a chance to drive one of the old minis yet no 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 not yet i do own a mini though i have a 1979 mini uh, original classic car so I'm i'm i've always been very interested about the history of the sport and old cars and stuff like that 
Um, but no, I've never driven one of these old cars on the Monte Carlo road. That that would be something very special. But uh, yeah, for now I'll just keep doing it with modern cars, and uh, <laughs> it's 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 way more simpler. But yes, you're right. I am a, I am a big fan of um, the history of rallying. It's such a yeah, like I said, I'm passionate about it from for what it is right now. It, it's pretty amazing what the world championship is right now, but I'm also very interested to look back at some of the, the great eras we had with the group B cars and uh, even before that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just the best sport in the world. Absolutely. And so we, we go, we go, you have your fascination with the old cars, but then when you were in uh, Latvia, was it Latvia or Estonia, you were driving the Proto Fiesta. I mean, that's the totally the other end of the uh, technological field. I mean, what's what's driving a car like that uh, like? Oh yeah, it was pretty good. It was a first. The experience to to try a rally in Europe was something uh, Alan and I wanted to do for a while, and uh, um, Maris Nixon. Uh, who owns the team there in, in, in Latvia came to do a rally in Canada here last year at the end of the big white rally. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, we met there and, uh, we, it's a rally we won. And I think he was, he, he was not impressed, but I don't, I don't think he was expecting that kind of pace from, from us in, in North America. And he was, he was a bit surprised, I think by, a um, what we did at the rally and what Brendan Simonuk did also just behind us and things like that. So we spoke and I told him that I would like to go to a rally in Europe at some point, but, and then we did not talk for a long time. And, and he came back to me like somewhere it's in, it's in September. Um, he had been working hard on building these new proto one, one of the new protos and building a very nice car with a very good chassis with a, crazy suspension travel and suspension geometry a little bit like an r5 car not exactly like an r5 but with with the same idea of an r5 um with the mitsubishi drivetrain uh engine and uh, and differentials with a good sequential box and stuff like that so he wanted me to be the first one to drive his car in a rally so I called Alan and uh, we had a couple of sponsors that were willing to, to come on board and we decided to go and it was a uh, it was a fantastic experience. We were very nicely welcomed over there and uh, good people, good competition, very well-organized rally. And it was, uh, yeah, we'll always remember that. Very good experience. I mean, what was it like comparing your times to some of these, you know, ERC, you know, well-known drivers? They know some of the roads and all that stuff. It seemed like you were right up there with them. Yeah, well, the ERC guys, I was not comparing with them because we were doing the national portion of the event. And honestly, the ERC guys with with the the latest spec R5s were going really fast. So so I was more focused on, on the national guys. But in the national rally, there was also guys driving R5s and, the, and some like a bit like open class cars, a little bit like what we have here. So I wanted to see what we could do against these guys. Um, that I've been to that rallies many times. They knew the roads and stuff like that, and and we did really well. Like uh, after the first few stages, just before the end of the first day, we were beating all these local guys. It was only uh, one of the European guy that was also registered in in the national portion 
like Grazin, who, Nikolai Grazin, who ended up winning the rally overall in the ERC. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that was ahead of us, but we were right up there with, with the best Latvian guys and Estonian guys, so that was pretty cool. But we were still, if you compare with the ERC guys, um, we did a couple of stage times where we were like eight or ninth fastest, but I think it was not so bad with a brand new proto that still needed some development on a new rally, a new country, new rally. So yeah, we were, Alan and I were both happy with what we showed and, uh, it just shows that, that we, we can drive here also in North America. And it's at the end of the day, it's the same. It's a rally and I have enough experience to go to a rally and go, do two pass recce and and do the put the work with the videos and and go out there and and not uh, embarrass myself. So it was uh, yeah, it, it was uh, yeah, it was good. You know, bringing things kind of back to North America, but talking about these protos, do you think uh, we've got um, some of these kind of what uh, you know we've seen? Art Drushka has been building his Mitsubishi for a long time now. His little Mirage. Um, you've got Peter Fatella's got his that that he's been using. Um, do you think this is kind of a, a new thing that can be an, more affordable than an R5 solution to start seeing people race in North America? Yeah, for sure. It's that that's that's the thinking process behind these cars because in Europe, uh, even though there's a lot more money involved in rallying in Europe, um, still some national guys like 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 us are looking for different options you know r5 if you want a proper r5 you know we're talking about 250,000 pounds maybe without without spare parts and the maintenance of these cars are pretty expensive and it's it they're they're very expensive cars to run so these protos bring an alternative because the group n cars are getting old um, some of the guys are still running Mitsubishi Evo 8, Evo 9, Evo 10 that are no longer manufactured. So um, in these countries, the people are, are trying to find solution and they, they can't necessarily afford an R5. So these protos are starting to be more and more popular and, and they're half the price of, of an R5. So it's still expensive if you have a good one. But yeah, it could become something very interesting for for North America. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. One thing that's come to light recently is uh, like the possibility of a WRC round in Canada. What's what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, but uh, it's it's uh, it's a long term project and uh, the resources and the budget needed to do that are, are quite big. But, uh, yeah, it's been it's been discussed before um you know we have the snow uh some of the manufacturers and and the the costs that are involved in wrc for just one winter rally um makes makes sense to have another one um it could be fitted with with the same uh the same trip when everybody comes to mexico you know uh, maybe mid-february or late february we could have an event and then just bring everything to Mexico after when, when everything is on the continent here. So uh, there's definitely some, some sense to that, but uh, to make it happen and to find the, to find the sponsorship and uh, put everything together is a long process, but uh, it would be really nice if, if that could happen one day. And there's a very good group of people working on it at the moment. Um, 
So uh, we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, they know I'm there. I'm 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 happy to help if in in the process at some point if they need to, and uh, it would be uh, yeah, it would be pretty special. Well, speaking of WRC um, this weekend, of course, actually starting tomorrow, um, we see the final round of the WRC in Australia uh, starts up. Um, I got to ask you, man. Predictions on this championship: three points separates Thierry and uh, Ogier. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Ogier. I'm more, I'm more of an Ogier for different reasons. Um, I, I was, I really like Tanak. Also, it's unfortunate what happened to to Tanak in the last two rounds because he was the man, and you know he could have won in Rally GB, could have run won in Spain also. So. If he he had not had the bad luck, he would be the one in 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 the driving seat right now and in a position to win the championship. So um, to me, he's been the the strong man this year. He's he's the fastest guy. Unfortunately, I think he's in a position where now it's going to be very hard for him to win the championship. And then I think Ogier is doing a fantastic job with the with the semi official team. Um, um, and I just. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of of uh, Nerville. He's he's it's just a preference. You know, he's a fantastic driver. He's one of the fastest, clearly. But uh, I would just go with Ogier. It's just my uh, my my pick. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm an Ogier man too. So yeah, even first on the road, I think he still can do it. I I don't know if anybody that can manage a rally better than he can, to be honest. But yeah. yeah, he will struggle, but just one car difference, you know, might it will make a difference for sure. So it, it might hurt him a little bit, but uh, hopefully he can finish the first day in a good position to to uh, to be well positioned for the second day. And uh, yeah, but it's going to be a big fight, and I think everybody will be flat out. So anything can happen, you know. Uh, we saw it this year. Ogie did a few mistakes this year, so. Um, there's definitely a lot of pressure, but like he said in an interview after the last rally, it's always better to be a, a few points ahead than a few points behind. So uh, mm-hmm. the pressure, the pressure maybe is more on on the guys behind him. So, uh, and what about Loeb winning in Spain? How cool oh, is that? You know, well, when you were saying earlier, it's like you know you don't feel like you're done yet. You know, it, but being a legend, I'm like, well, look at Loeb. He just won. He's a legend. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was because. Because I like Ogier, but I, I like Loeb even better. So it was it was really nice to see him come back and do that. It was absolutely amazing. Okay, he had the right conditions. He had a very good road position on the first day. But still, he did the job on, on the two days on tarmac and very inspired tire choice on the last day. And it was uh, was really cool to see that. So, um, yeah, good, good, good things happening in the World Championship these days. Uh, very interesting and i think it makes just yeah, the very rallying in general that much more popular which i think is good for all of us yeah 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 totally. totally um i know you've got just a couple minutes we have to let you go um i did have one question i wanted to ask you and i've asked this to, to several of our uh, guests uh, especially those that have uh, been involved in rallying in a long time it's kind of the blank check question thing you know there's been a lot of changes in rallying and uh sanctioning bodies and rule sets and things like that over the last few years um, everybody wants to find a way to help this sport grow. If you could have a blank check, if there's one thing that you'd like to see different or change to help grow the sport, what would you do? What would you like to see happen? Oh boy, there, there, there's, there's more than, than one thing, you know. I would like to see 
everybody working together in North America and do one big North American championship. I don't know how we could make that happen, but try to find a way where all the best drivers in North America meet at the same event. Yeah. That would be something I don't I don't know if it's feasible. And also find a way to have more manufacturer involved, um, to have more good seats available, um, to create a better championship and more competition and then you know, because at the moment it's very hard if you look in in North America, you know, if you're a young driver and you want to have a career, the seats available to, to go to the top are very, very limited. So the sports, it's hard for the sport to grow in a professional way for people to have a dream of, of becoming that pro driver, you know. So um, just would be nice to find a way to have more manufacturers involved and more more professional seats available so that young drivers would would see that there's a there's a goal that they can attain you know uh, understandable i, I can't, uh, can't can't agree more with that um you know i know there's it's always a challenge between the privateers versus the manufacturers but if there's that place that somebody as a privateer can grow to uh, a manufacturer spot they can get to something to achieve i i, I think that's a that'd be a huge thing uh, i think for our sport uh, to have yeah, but we still need privateurs. It, it's part. It's oh, part certainly. of the rally. Also, you know, it, it's like it's an, a majority it, of it entries. will always. Yeah, it it will always be like that, and it has to stay like that because that's also something very cool about our sport. You know, you start in rallying, and you do the same rallies as the guys winning the rallies. And you, mm-hmm. you go through the same process, the same roads, and everything. In a lot of other disciplines, you know you won't be the same you won't do the same grand prix as the f1 guy you'll go in a different category and things like that and rallying we all do the same thing and and you know it's it's there's so many good things about rally and you know we don't thank enough all the volunteers and what everybody does and it's Mm -hmm. just uh it's a good community good family yeah absolutely that 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 to me is the great thing about about rally that as you just mentioned you know you're there in your work subaru and i'm 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 at the the, next year i'll be at the back in back in a two-wheel drive in a two-wheel drive truck but we are essentially having the same experience on the same roads and that's that's just something really special yeah totally and uh, you know, maybe maybe when we end up the loop, maybe uh, you know I'll end up uh, finishing my career in a in a in a small two wheel drive in a few years and just driving around having fun. So it's <laughs> it's what's fantastic about that sport. Oh yeah. man, see yeah, what you would do in a two wheel drive would be hilariously fun to see. Um, so you said you're working on stuff for 2019. Is there anything you can announce right now? We're uh, just kind of building things up. No, still building things up. You know, I'm still I'm still looking for for sponsorship. So you know, I need I need to say it. Uh, sorry, but if if anybody is interested, and I know sometimes people might say, well, he's been champion so many times, how come he can't find sponsorship? But sometimes people might think because we've been champion many years, we don't need sponsorship, but we still need sponsorship. So, uh, so I'm still working on that and. Uh, having discussions with, with uh, Pat Richard and Rocket Rally and to try to put something together. But uh, like I said, I'm open to anything and, uh, and I want to be back out there next year and uh, maybe maybe just in Canada, maybe both Canada and the U.S. So, uh, so we'll see. 
Yeah. Well, you know where uh, where I lie on that one. I would love to uh, see you over here in the states again. It's uh, it's been way too long since I've seen you on the Oregon Trail Road. So, yeah, I know, and uh, there's, you know, uh, it's not uh, it's not simple. Um, I like I said, I've been linked. I've been linked with Subaru for a long time. You know, uh, but but Subaru USA. I don't know exactly what they're gonna do. They still have David. They're winning with David. They have a bunch of other drivers, but. They know I'm there, you know. There's mm-hmm. maybe there's an there's an opportunity there, but I don't know it. As we speak, I don't know what's going to happen. So um, we'll uh, we'll see. But hopefully, hopefully, we'll see you guys uh, soon on the rally. Well, yeah, we certainly hope we see you soon for sure. Well, thank you, Antoine Lestage, for taking the time being on our rally cast. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, look mm-hmm. forward to uh, hearing more from you. And uh, yeah, whether it's here in North America or whether it's uh, over there in Europe, uh, that was some exciting stuff to uh, be able to just follow those times as you're over there. We really enjoyed uh, seeing a North American being competitive out there. So uh, fun, fun stuff. Um, I, I look forward to uh, seeing you next year, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Great. All right. Take Wonderful. care, Antoine. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, again, thank you to Antoine Lestage for being on the show. Uh, one thing that he was talking about was, of course, the predictions for WRC coming up with this uh, final round in Australia, which uh, kicks off tomorrow. So i got to edit this thing and get it up quick. If uh, Well, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this or are following the WRC on WRC Live because you're going to be just glued to that thing day and night. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know I am. Yeah. Um, Ian, do you, do you have a prediction on who's going to win this championship? My, my only prediction is I'm not going to get much work done because I'm going to be listening to WRC, listening and watching WRC live all the time. <laughs> but um, I have been an OGA fan all, well, for a long time. And uh, I I think it's it's his title. I think I think he will... Finish higher than I'm not going to say he will win in Australia, but I think he will finish higher, higher than Newville, so that he can uh, he will win the championship. At, yeah. uh, I, have, I haven't just quite decided where I want him to finish yet. It'd be nice if he finished first, but I don't think that uh, be opening opening the roads on the first day is the the place to be winning uh, Rally Australia from. You know, I was listening to uh, a friend of the show, Colin Clark. If uh, you folks don't uh, follow him, make sure you go to his YouTube channel. Um, he's got his uh, kitchen table uh, that he calls it. Uh, uh, kitchen table shakedown, I think he calls it. Anyways, just search Colin Clark. Uh, you, you'll pull up uh, his stuff. And he actually made some really good points. There's only 50 Ks approximately on the first day. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. And that's what really kind of sets you up for the rest of the weekend. So with the, that short of a distance in, of course, there's a, a, a you know, short loop and then you run it again, the disadvantage of being first on the road is, is lessened quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been some rain up in that area, so the weather forecast is a little touch and go as far as uh, weather goes. But if it's enough to, like, you know, pat down that uh, dust um, and give you a little more grip, eh, very well he could win from mm-hmm. the starting position. Not to say that everybody else doesn't have a, an advantage being farther back. They always do. Um, the stress level that Newville has on him is twofold. This is yeah. an interesting thing that was brought up. It's not that he just isn't in it for the championship. 
they're in it for the manufacturer's title versus Toyota. Yeah. Yeah, and then this yeah. yeah. This is his best this is his best chance for a long time. I mean he's the this I'm sure he can cope with this well, we hope he can cope with the stress. He didn't he's he's not coped with stress stresses of and events very well in the past for the past couple of years, but uh yeah, I mean it's if he can if he can get through the first day without uh, ditching it somewhere, I mean yeah, it's 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 it really is. But it's what is great is like it's so exciting and we can't we can't decide. You know, it, it's like you watch things sports like NASCAR and they try and make their their motor racing more exciting by splitting the motor race into like three stages and then at the end of the season we have the race to the playoffs. They're all trying to make their sport more exciting. But look, we've not we're not tweaking with the format of rally and we've got the most exciting finish to a rally championship in years uh the format works yeah you don't need yeah. a bunch of gamesmanship to mm-hmm. uh, to make it interesting that's for yeah. sure granted there is always going to be the challenge that rally has that no other sport has with each car running one at a time you do have an advantage or a disadvantage depending where your start position is it's always going to be present in the sport not really a whole lot you can do about it. They tried the whole qualifying thing, which I kind of was a fan of, but um, without some sort of qualifying thing on a something to be some sort of neutral, even that more passes on yeah. that can get better or worse. And mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, it doesn't need any gamesmanship to uh, make it exciting, as we know. Um, as far as Newville's best chance, um, you're probably right in that um, Tanak is probably the number one bet for next year for a championship. Mm-hmm. And the way the Toyota's running for everybody else, the Citroen will get better. Yeah. Um, I think with OG on the team, it will probably win some rallies next year. Mm-hmm. But I think out of the gate, the Toyota will be dominant. And Hyundai, they're still, I think, trying to catch up uh, performance-wise. Their car can be a little uh, squirmy, it seems. Uh, uh, you know, I know that the... You know, we've seen Andreas Mickelson has had trouble trying to get a good balance in the car. And we know he's not a bad driver. Yeah. It's been interesting to see what's been happening with him. So uh, my prediction for this one, I think Tanak might win this rally. Uh, I think Ogier second. And I think it's going to be like a Latvala third, probably. And then maybe a Neuville. So I think the Toyotas will be right up there, but I think OJ will be able to split them because I, I, I think he's got the performance and he's got a little bit less of the pressure. And, yeah, I think he's got this one in the bag for the championship. Yeah, so sure. he's he's used used to the pressure. That's the thing. He can, he can manipulate the pressure to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's not he's not world champion for however many times that he has been world champion for for no good reason. You know, he's he's able to draw on that pressure to make to make him a make him perform better, which puts more pressure on those further behind him. So and like and like and like uh, Antoine said, it was a, was it a quote from Ogier? It's it's better to be in front. It's better to be two points in front than two points behind or something. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, it's definitely better to be yeah have the points lead yeah and, uh, versus being being the one trying to make up points for sure. Yeah. So, 
Yep, I, I'm in agreement with that. Um, remember, you can watch all that stuff on All Live. If you don't, ha if you don't have that, then uh, make sure you tune into Red Bull TV. They'll have some of their uh, live coverage as well um, and, and their uh, summary highlights. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a lot of sleepless nights. For sure, that is true. <laughs> Get that coffee started. Oh, God, yeah, I'm going to be a coffee addict, caffeine addict by the end of the weekend. <laughs> All right, well, any final words before we sign off, Mr. Ian Holmes? Well, I think there's one thing that we uh, we should we should mention, that uh, this this show see, sees the two-year two anniversary of us working together on this podcast. Well, there you it, have it. Well, no. they, it, it, it feels like longer sometimes, but no, it's only been two years for us, mate. Have I been that bad to you that it seems like longer? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, You know what? This has been just a good ride. I'm, I've been having so much fun doing these, and uh -huh. uh, it was extra fun actually getting uh, where um had one of our uh, favorite fans and listeners, uh, Mike Cleaver, being able to send us a message while we were doing uh, our interview with Antoine and... Uh, get some fan interaction there too and uh, that's what we do we're all just fans mm -hmm. we just love the sport and yeah. uh yeah what, what an incredible season in wrc and uh well of course I, I guess we didn't mention you know obviously the exciting drama with ara we now have the snowdrift rally being added to their championship kind of a last minute thing there but uh wow that's one that uh, i think a lot of people weren't expecting from yeah. moving away from rally america um yeah it's it, that that that's 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 a rally that is on my to-do list for sure, and to get it uh, in the ARA as well, that would be uh, that'd be great. That along yep. with Hundred Acre Wood, mm -hmm. now that's uh, you know two more that are uh, from the former championship series have now made the move. So um, I, I'm I'm not going to say that means that Rally America is dead and done. Um, I think as long as they can break even, they can continue on. But mm -hmm. uh, and you know I'll give them credit for new events that have come on the calendar for on their side. So uh, that, that's been really good. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to seeing a uh, championship with uh, yet another round added to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, which events I can make it to. I can, mm -hmm. I, I will not be able to make it to all of them. Uh, I just know that for a fact. Um, yeah. I, in addition to the fact that uh, I've only got so much vacation time, mm -hmm. I've run into yeah. a situation where my former coworker, um, I say former now, I don't have a backup at work, and so taking vacation is going to be a little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of a challenge until I get a new person in there and get them trained up, and that's that's always tough when you don't have a number two to cover for you. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, we should also mention that uh, Namaji is uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. I will be there in the co-driving in uh, in the white truck for for three truck three truck. Three triangles rally sport. That's what we're calling ourselves now, Scott Parrott and I, in the uh, in the Chevy S10. We are calling ourselves three triangles rally sport, or we're probably so going to be really... So is that the uh, caution triangles for going yeah, off the road? That's it. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We're trying to be really co really continental about it and calling ourselves tri-triangles, but I can't say tri-tri. As you tell, I can't say <laughs> triangles. triangles <laughs> Twiangles. Yeah, there you go. We are the triangles, dude. <laughs> So yeah, we have we're three triangles rally sport right now. Well, good luck. That sounds like a, a fun event. And I'd like to throw in at the end here a bit of pretty cool trivia that our good friend Gary Boyd, aka at KiwiWRC fan on Twitter, 
sent me just after we finished our recording. 1986 was the previous time a WRC driver's title was decided on the last round of a season that was not Rally GB. It was the Olympus Rally here in the USA, which as we've mentioned many times, was the last ever WRC Group B event. Juha Kankinen driving the Peugeot 205 T16 just needed to finish in ninth to secure the driver's title from Marku Allen, who was driving the Lancia Delta S4. He succeeded in doing so and became the final Group B champion. Thank you, Gary, for this awesome bit of trivia. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week's Rallycast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember, you can listen to our show on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, or search your favorite podcast app. We're also on all the popular social media platforms and now offer our shows on YouTube as well. So please make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, give us a like, share it. Uh, you know what to do. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, the more numbers, the better it uh, makes us look good for if and when we ever get a sponsor, which would be uh, kind of cool, too. Anyways, thanks again for listening, everybody, and thanks again to our special guest, Antoine Lestage. Uh, what, what a legend he is. Fun having him on the show. <laughs>